Listen to a man talking about a kind of job he would love to do and one he would hate to do. What are the jobs? 1A 1 Well, one job I've always rather fancied is being a travel writer. I mean, basically, because I like travelling and I like going around the world and I'd like to have an excuse to do it and someone to pay me to do it, if possible. Um, and I think I'd be quite good at it because... Oh, I'm quite sociable and I like to think I can write and uh, I'm quite good at living out of a suitcase and living cheap. Um, and it just seems to be a wonderful way of seeing the world. I mean, I don't actually know anybody who does it, but I've always sort of envied people like Michael Palin who do these television series going all around the world and they seem to have such a wonderful time. But I have occasionally had to read travel books and some of them are brilliant and some you definitely get the impression that They've been sent there by their publisher to do a travel book about Patagonia or whatever it is, and nothing much has happened, but they've still got to write the book. So you get rather a boring, drudgy book sometimes, and I suppose that might be a drawback, that you feel you had to write a book, even if you've got nothing to say. Two. Well, what I'd really hate to do is any sort of job on a production line, any sort of real drudgery where there's really no sort of mental input at all, but you're just repeating the same task again and again and again, and I think that would probably drive me insane. Um, I have done something a bit like it. When I was about 18, I worked in a plastics factory to earn some money for a couple of months. And I remember I went in in the dark, and I came out in the dark because it was winter, so I never saw the light of day. It was about a 10-hour day, paid almost nothing. We had half an hour for lunch and the noise of the machines was so loud that you could you could shout at the top of your voice and the person next to you couldn't hear you. And the smell of plastics filled the air and it was absolutely hideous. The only the only advantage was that it was so loud that you could actually sing at the top of your voice and nobody could hear. So I spent a lot of my day singing to myself, which which I quite enjoyed. Answer these questions. 1. What does the man think he would be good at his first job? 2. What does he think might be the dowsid? 3. Why does he think he would hate the second job? 4. Has he done this kind of work? Why didn't he like it? 5. What was the one positive aspect of the job? Listen to four people comparing having brothers and sisters and being an only child. Do they mention more advantages or disadvantages of having other siblings? 1B 1 Speaking from my own personal situation, mm. I love the fact that I have a brother. Um, uh, I provided, he provided me with a lot of fun when, uh, when we were growing up. Um, and... Um, and uh, having two two kids myself, I'm very pleased that they've they've got each other um, to look after. And uh, I think as you go through life and your own parents get older, um, and you you know will one day have to look after them. I think doing that with a with a sibling will be a lot easier. Two. Uh, I I'm an only child, and someone said to me, "Oh, that must be so much better to be an only child, um, because you get all your parents' attention, and mm. you don't have to share it with your brothers and sisters." And uh, to an extent, I kind of agree, mm. because um, you it is wonderful to mm. um, have all that attention from your parents. Yes, yes. But mm. 
it you can end up becoming sort of spoilt and um, used to having this yeah. Uh, attention. Yes. So when you have to go to school or you yeah. have to interact yeah. with other people, yeah. if you don't get the attention that you've been used to, yes, yeah. you can react in a in yeah. a in a really spoilt way. Yes, without sort of meaning. Without meaning. To, I, I, I know. Three. I've got two children, mm. and although they fight all the time and they, you know, all this sort of thing, there's, I think, I, I often, well, when they're fighting, try mm. and look at the, the positives yeah. of it and think, well, I suppose it's a good thing that they're sort of, you know, learning to do all those things yeah. within a safe environment. family environment, yeah, definitely. which I suppose if you are, I mean, yeah. if you are an only child, yeah. perhaps then it has to be at school or, yeah. it's, you know, it's like practising. Yeah. Four. I'd hate to be Sweet. an early child. I mean, I mm. had three brothers and sisters, and I, and I think only there was the girl next door was an early child, and she was under so much pressure from her yeah. parents to succeed, and all their yes, hopes were focused on this one yes. girl. Yes, I thought definitely. I wouldn't want all that pressure all that on me. Listen to two people talking about learning a foreign language. One C. One. I decided a few years ago that I wanted to take French lessons. I'd studied French at school, but that was years ago. And you know what it's like to study something because you have to rather than because you want to. Anyway, I enrolled on a ten-week evening course. It was on Monday nights for an hour and a half. At the end of the course, I realised that I hadn't really learnt much. I was just too tired at the end of the day to sit in a classroom and take in what the teacher was saying. Also, once a week isn't really enough in my opinion. I then got the opportunity with work to go to Paris for six months. As you can imagine, I was thrilled. I was totally immersed in the language there. I had to speak French every day, everywhere, to everyone. It was wonderful. Now that I'm back in the UK, I'm doing another course, an advanced one, but this one is twice a week. I also try to get together with some of my classmates at the weekend, and some of us are even going to organise a trip on the Eurostar to Lille for a weekend. Two. I love languages. I think it might be because I love travelling, and I think that it makes a real difference to your trip if you can speak the language of the place you're visiting. Obviously, some languages are more difficult than others, and you don't always have time to take lessons before going somewhere. But you can always learn a few words and phrases. It makes a huge difference. People tend to be much more friendly and helpful if they can see you've made a bit of an effort. I think the minimum you need to learn to get around is greetings, numbers, and thank you. It also helps if you know how to say, I don't understand. And I'm from wherever you're from. I did this when I went to Korea for the World Cup in 2002. I then realised that I liked the sound of Korean and decided to take lessons when I got back to the UK. It wasn't easy finding a teacher, but I did. I've now been back to Korea every year since 2002 to practice what I've learned. It's a beautiful country, and the people are so delighted when they hear me speak. I've been invited to people's houses, taken out for meals, been given discounts in shops. I love it and would recommend it to everyone.